You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We are in the middle of a preaching series about rest. Last week, Pastor Mark kicked off the series with a message that we called Restology. And it was a study of the theology of rest. And I wanna carry on today. And we've actually made up a word for today's message. The title is Restopraxy. Can you give me your best woo when I say that again? The title of today's message is Restopraxy. <laughs> Take it from two words, rest, which you now know the theology of, but praxis, meaning the practice of, as distinguishable from the theory, the practice. And so we're going to get practical in today's message. And there are two key scriptures that I want to read to you to help us focus on the practice, the how-to of applying Pastor Mark's message from last week. And let me just say, we put all of our Sunday messages online. And if you didn't yet hear Pastor Mark's message, you can go online this week, find it and check it out. And I know that you will be blessed and I'm praying that God will speak to you. Here are today's key scriptures. Exodus chapter 35 verse two says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath a day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. And then Matthew 11 in the message paraphrase of the Bible says this in verse 28 to 30, it says, Jesus speaking, are you tired? Give me a wave if you're tired. (laughs) Are you tired or worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says, in response to that question. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. From today's message, I believe God wants to show you how to take a real rest, a real rest. Let's pray. Father, for these few moments that we have in Your presence and and listening to Your Word, I pray that You would speak to each one of us. Thank You that You have started a transformational work in us and we pray that that will continue today and it will be a marked day in our calendars as we look back, knowing that You did something even more significant on this day, in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. If you're in Geneva, and you've just prayed, then you can say the French for amen, which is amen. Good job, we love you in Geneva. When I was a kid, the ultimate, um, the ultimate thing to have as like a young boy, like 10, 11, was a pen knife, a pen knife. Now, knife crime was not the problem that it was, that it is today, back then. And so to have a pen knife was like the ultimate boy's toy. And the ultimate pen knife, anyone know what it is? 
Well done. How did you know that? It's a Swiss army knife. The reason why it was so cool is because of all the tools that it had on it. The Swiss army knife was issued to Swiss soldiers in the late 1800s and it boasted a blade, a reamer, which is a word for a drill bit apparently, a screwdriver and a can opener and was the ultimate survival tool, topped only by the officer's edition, which boasted all of those things plus two extras, one, another blade, And the second thing that the officer's Swiss army knife had was a corkscrew. You never know when you might need to just pop some champagne while you're fighting. A few years ago, I was on a stag do and it was a live in the wild type stag do. That's probably a grand expression for what it actually was. We just went out on the moors for a few hours. Uh, And while we were there, we were cooking food and I had my Swiss army knife in my pocket because I was fully prepared. And we came to the moment where someone said, let's have beans with our fry up that we were cooking on open fire. And I said, we can't have beans, lads. Got no tin opener. To which Justin Bear Grills Drink replied, there's one on your knife, Reedy. To which I said, yeah, no. (laughs) Quickly fanned through all the tools, corkscrew. He was like, it's that one there. So I was like, yeah, no problem. Give me the tin. I'm trying to open a tin. I've got absolutely no idea. I'm now, now I'm praying. Now I'm speaking in tongues. I'm like, Lord, open the tin. I'm just going to do a Popeye and just squeeze it. And it's going to jump out the top. No. And he said, no, come here. I'll show you how to do it. And he got the can opener tool and be, began to work his way round and opened it like a real man. I had the tools in my pocket, but I had no idea how to use them. All the gear, no idea. I think listening to Pastor Mark's message last week, I felt a little bit like that. It sounded so powerful. This gift, this tool that God has given us to equip us to live a life that He wants us to live. And yet sometimes we just don't know how to use it. We don't even know we have it. We don't realise the power of what God has put in our hands. And from Matthew 11, I'm praying that in these next few minutes, God will show you how to take a real rest. He's going to do a Justin on you like Justin did to me. He's going to take this tool and He's going to show you, no, you just do this. You just do this. And I'm praying that you will begin to practise this It's not going to be like you can do it instantaneously. As soon as Justin opened the tin, I wasn't, yeah, no problem. Here we go, I'll just do it. No, I had to work at it. I had to think about it. I had to practice it. Now I can open any tin whenever you want. No problem. Thank you for that ripple. That's uh, very encouraging. What I want to do is um, I want to look at those two Scriptures and we're going to get practical. So I need you to have your note pad, your phone, whatever it is that you're going to take notes on and write this stuff down. And my challenge to you is that you spend some time this week asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate to you exactly how you can use this real tool. God wants to show you how to take a real rest. The first thing I want you to understand is that rest, real rest is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. 
Now, the reason why I've put this in there is because in that verse in Exodus, it says, um, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but. In other words, work is ordinary, rest is extraordinary. This was just my excuse to put in here an opportunity to pray for you if you need a job. Because we're talking about rest, we're talking about taking it easy, and you could be sat here thinking, I don't want to rest, I want a job. I've heard all these people complaining about their jobs and how tired they are about their jobs. I'll take their job. So I want to invite everybody in the room to stand to your feet. I'm going to invite my friend Laura out. And right now, with everybody with your eyes closed, if you need a job, and this is something that is impacting your life, it's impacting everything, then I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. If you, in your job, need a breakthrough, there's something about your workplace that you need to shift, either a different job or some kind of change in role. But if you need a breakthrough in the area of work, I want you to put your hand high up in the air. Come on, all over the place, there's hands raised because God wants to show you how to take a real rest. And for some of you, that might mean getting breakthrough in this area. Laura, would you pray for these wonderful people? Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank You today that You have designed us for work. And I thank You for every person with their hands raised here today, Lord, and every person that is represented in this room who are looking for a breakthrough in this area of work or employment or getting back into work. God, You are able. You are the God who is more than able. And just as we've been singing, You are working behind the scenes for our good. And so we just pray your anointing to fall right now. And we trust in you, Heavenly Father, that you are making a way. We pray for jobs to be created for people in this room. God, we pray for opportunities to open up. Your word says that the door that you open, no man can shut. And so we pray for an opening right now. We pray for divine conversations, divine opportunities. We pray that you are making a way today. We pray for breakthrough in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free to applaud that. We just want to let you know, church, that there is a brilliant program. Feel free to take a seat. There's a brilliant program that we run in Audacious Foundation. It's in partnership with a brilliant organisation called Resurgo. And we've got some really world-class content, um, which is designed to help people get back into work. And so we're delivering six online sessions and they're happening on a regular basis. And really the idea is for anyone who's looking to get back into work or to uh, improve in the workplace, um, to really equip you with the tools that you need to be able to do that. We're looking at CV writing, at mock interviews with some amazing uh, professionals in their field. And uh, as well as the, the practical tools, we're also uh, really focusing on uh, healthy mindsets, growing our uh, resilience and our motivation. So we want to encourage you to uh, tap into that incredible resource. The next um, round of sessions is going to be in September, but you don't need to worry. You can apply for that today. All you need to do is go to audaciousfoundation.com forward slash rework.
Brilliant. Thank you, Laura. All right. Your ice pops are finished. We've got to get to the end of this message. The first thing about rest is that it's extraordinary. Work is ordinary. Rest is extraordinary. And it's something that God wants you to have. The second thing is this, is that rest is hard work. What do you mean rest is hard work? Well, in verse 2 from Exodus 35 that we read, it says a day of complete rest. I think God uses this word in this verse because He knows how easy it is for other things to compete for your margin. In order for you to be able to have a rest, you need one of the most precious commodities that you have. And it's not money, it is space or margin in your life. If you spend every penny and every minute and every ounce of emotional real estate that you have, then there is no margin for rest. And God knows how precious your margin is. And He knows that there are many things competing for your margin. And that's why you need to understand, Jesus wants you to know how to take a real rest. But in order to do that, you're going to need to know that it can sometimes be hard work. We've got to work hard to make sure that we have margin so that we can rest. Think about your life for a moment. In the modern society that we live in, because of invasive technology, our attention is demanded 24-7 and therefore assumed 24-7. You have to reply now. You have to respond now. You have to like it, subscribe to it, click the bell, do whatever it is. You have to do it now. And what happens is we live in a society where our margin is slowly eaten away, not by us, but by just about everyone else. And then we find ourselves in a situation where we blame them for what I'm suggesting with a little bit of hard work is your ability to steward the margin that God has given you. Jesus wants you to know how to take a real rest. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to become a steward of your margin. I recently was speaking to a friend of mine. He's a local church pastor in Greater Manchester, but he's bivocational, which means he has another job. He's a GP. And in a conversation with him, he began to speak to me about what he's calling the age of anxiety and how many patients go to him. And one of the biggest conversations he have is about anxiety. And he says to them that a good way to deal with anxiety is to write two lists. Start off by writing a list of all the things that you're worried about. When you've done that, at the top of the next page, write two headings things I can control, things I can't control. And then split the list up into two columns. Things I can control, things I can't control. Then when you've done that, cross things I can't control out and put God's responsibility. And on the top of the other one, put my responsibility brackets with God's help. The reason why I'm saying that is because for us to say, okay, I am going to take a real rest. The first thing that will come into many of our minds will be, well, what about that? 
How am I supposed to rest when I do that? I have a day off every week where I am off from doing my role in church. But on that day, I do all of the other things that I don't do on the six days when I'm doing that. And so therefore, the idea of having a restful day starts to cause a little bit of anxiety in us as we start to think, well, I can't because what about this? What if that happens? If I don't do that, this is going to happen. The whole world is going to fall apart if I don't do. Well, let's read Philippians. And this is what this friend of mine said. Don't worry about anything, it says in Philippians 4. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He does. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. God wants to show you how to take a real rest. In order to do that, you have to make a decision. I will steward the margin that God has given me. If you look at your diary and you're like me where you say, oh, next week is not as busy until you get to next week. When we just get past the summer holidays, September is not gonna be as busy. Or just after Christmas, it's not gonna be as busy. And we find ourselves chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. And that's why you need to know if you're gonna experience a real rest, you're gonna have to do some work. The third thing is that real rest is a commitment. You actually have to decide now in faith that you will take a rest when things get busy. It's no good in the moment making the decision. You have to make a faith decision, almost like a faith promise to God, because it says that this holy day is to be dedicated. You know, when we do a baby dedication, we say at the beginning of their life, in faith for the rest of their life, we make a promise. And that's what this is like. You say, God, I'm saying now, in this moment of stillness in your presence, that when it gets busy, I'm gonna understand how to take a real rest. God wants to show you how to take a real rest. The fourth thing is that rest is a rhythm. Rest is a rhythm. The language of Matthew 11 in the message is really famous and well known in this verse where it says, I will show you, or you can learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For most of us, at times, real rest can be an intervention. We cane it, we work our backsides off, knowing that at some point in the future, there is a three-day window when the kids are here and the caravan is available and we're gonna try maybe and switch our phone off for an hour because if we don't, we're gonna die. Whereas real rest, the Bible is teaching us here, is not about an intervention, it's about a healthy habit or a new rhythm. The GP, the friend of mine, he said to me about 10 years ago, him and his wife decided that they would change the way they do their holidays. And I'm not saying we should all do this, but I do think it might be a good idea just to try next year, babe. See what you think. He said, rather than having a big holiday in the summer, we decided we wouldn't go six weeks without at least a three day break. I was like, that sounds like a great idea. His wife was a teacher and so every half term they would take three to four days off and they also bought a caravan. I don't know if we're gonna do that, love, but um, that helped, I think. But I need you to think about rest in the context of a rhythm, not an intervention. Start to think now 
about how you can build a rhythm of rest into your life. I was talking to Dr. Joyce, or she's been helping us with some of the content for this series. And she said, you need to rest when you're awake so that you can sleep when you're asleep. She's trying to teach us here that rest and sleep are actually two different things. And so we can't just say, well, I've got a rhythm of rest. It starts at midnight and ends at about six, if I'm lucky, every day. No, no, no. Rest and sleep are two different things, according to Dr. Joyce. And she said, you need to rest while you're awake so that you can sleep when you're asleep. God wants to show you how to take a real rest. The reason why is because the fifth thing is that rest is rewarding. Rest is rewarding. Regeneration is beneficial to reduce stress and lower blood pressure and reduce the possibility of diabetes. This is what Dr. Joyce told us. Rest is a way to eliminate stress, she said. You can lose weight. I'm <laughs> just going to check the facts on this before you start emailing Audacious Church. I had a kip and I'm still the same weight. Let me just read this verse to you from Lamentations, right, in the Old Testament. It says in chapter 3, verse 22, it says, The steadfast law, love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is infinite. You are not. It says His mercies, in other words, the things that He has for you, he has enough supply of. You, however, do not. And so in order for us to get what we need, it needs to be replenished. It needs to be restored. And God wants to do that. And He will do that if you take a real rest. Have you ever made a decision first thing in the morning that you are going to be really healthy? You have granola for breakfast and you are on it. But by the end of the day, you're at the fridge shoveling chocolate. You're ordering a kebab. You've got pizza from the night before. You are just, it's all gone out the window. Do you know why? Because your willpower is not an infinite resource. It's limited, but God gives it you every morning. We know that in this context, it's representing after a rest, during rest, while you rest, God is not. You know, the Bible talks about him who never slumbers. That means that you can trust God while you rest. He will work to restore to you the patience that you need. You ever snapped at someone and then said, oh, I'm sorry, it's just because I'm tired. This is proof that we need to learn how to take a real rest so that we can have the willpower, the patience, the faith, the insight to be able to live a life that brings glory to God and spread the message of Jesus around the planet and influence the city and bring change. It's all dependent on Jesus. If you try this in your own strength, then you will find yourself dull. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10 says this, a dull axe requires great strength. Be wise and sharpen the blade. 
sometimes to stop, to stop feels like counterproductive to the to-do list that we have. How can I be less stressed by not doing the things that need to be done? Because they're still gonna need to be done. But I want you to imagine for a moment, your job is to chop down a tree. And when you use an axe properly, Justin told me, even through the correct technique, as you begin to chop over time, it starts to get dull. And the Bible's teaching us here that what we need to get more done is not more activity, but more sharpening. Rest sounds inactive, doesn't it? Like you just got to sit there on the couch or cross-legged and hum. No, no, no. Rest is where you actively do the things that you know sharpen you. For some, it might be chilling out on the couch. For me, and you have to learn, and I'm praying that as we take communion in just a moment, the Holy Spirit will begin to illuminate to you those two lists. Things I can control, things I can't control. And in God's presence, and I want us to sing that new song, um, All Things Together. What an unbelievable song that is. So, so, so good. And as we sing this song, we're gonna take communion. But I'm praying the Holy Spirit reveals to us, okay, this is mine to control and Holy Spirit, I need your help. Show me what restores or refreshes me. Show me what sharpens me. Show me what it is that I need to do. I recognise from week one that this is a command from God. It is, the, it is in Scripture. Now, God, I need you to show me how to take a real rest. Show me what restores me. Show me what replenishes me. And commit to doing that. And then everything else the stuff that's competing in your mind right now, when you're thinking about the week ahead or the, the summer period or the rest of the year and you're thinking, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to do it. The rhythm of my life is so full and so quick and so fast. I can't even breathe sometimes. Well, I'm praying the Holy Spirit is gonna show you what you can do and show you what to leave to Him and then start a new rhythm. And the testimonies that we're believing are going to, we're going to see in our church is of people who trusted God enough to stop, to sharpen. And here's my prophetic word for you, is that when you start again after that, it won't be as hard work because the axe will be sharper. You will be able to do twice as much in half the time. And you'll be like, I don't know how that happened. I tell you how, because you took the time to allow the Holy Spirit to sharpen you. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 